If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave. Back at it again for another week of fun. Um... This is going to be the first episode uh, of season four that doesn't include a video format of it. Uh, I'm still looking over things on YouTube to see if it's actually even worth doing this. Um, I know my last video that I posted for last week's episode, I posted that, I believe, the day before the episode aired on Spotify and all that other stuff. Uh, so far, I think as of last night, um, you know, this is going back a week now. Um, I'm recording this on the Monday or sorry, the Tuesday, the 24th of January. Uh, so last night when I looked at it, I think I had nine views on it. Um, you know, these are, they're not long videos. They're probably about 10 minutes long, give or take. It's essentially whatever the episode for the podcast is, uh, minus a little tweaking and some extra graphics and whatnot. Uh, so I'm going to look over that for the probably the next week, see what the one week turnaround is. Uh, I know for the first two episodes, it was, I think I got like two views per episode. Um, and in, in all honesty, depend or because of the amount of work that goes into it, having to record this podcast both, both visually and audibly, uh, editing both, submitting both, finding clip art and doing this and doing that. Um, on top of my full-time job that I do, I work 12 hour continental shifts in a factory, uh, as well as everything else going around in, in my life, you know, family life and whatnot. It's just a lot of work, um, for literally no reward. Um, uh, you know, when you get two people viewing them and they're not viewing them for very long, um, I think the average view time is like a minute, anywhere between 12 seconds to a minute. So to put that into, into perspective, 12 seconds doesn't even get you through the initial intro. And it's a pretty damn interesting intro. Like visually and audibly, it's a really nice intro. Um, you know, if people can't even make it through that, then I mean, honestly, what's the point in doing it, right? Uh, all I'm doing is just wasting my time. And it's not like I'm getting paid for it. Um, I don't have, uh, I'm not being paid by YouTube at all. Um, as of currently right now, I have 1,088 subscribers. Um, but the watch hours are middle skill. Um, because, you know, I don't know. I don't know why. I Maybe because I'm not rich and famous like all these other YouTubers. And I just get lost in the sea of the breaking nates and the Leon hearts and... Pokey revs, I, I don't know. 
and quite frankly, I will probably never know. But with that being said, let's move on to our two stories that we have today. Uh, one of which is 25 interesting Pokemon oddities that are fun to know. I looked over this list, and some of them are actually pretty interesting. Uh, the next story after that is about another store um, in Ontario, where I, I live, or in the province of Ontario, uh, that unfortunately was at the, the mercy of some robbers. Um, this isn't the first time that I've made comments about this, and unfortunately, it's probably not going to be the last. Um, you know, but two, I think about going two weeks ago now, uh, a good friend of mine, his comic store uh, was broken into, uh, literally. The guy, like, they had a very reinforced steel door. And the guy took a saw and saw through the metal door. Like, this is how badly he wanted to get in there to steal merchandise. And unfortunately, he got away with $80,000 worth of graded and non-graded comic books. Um, it sucks, you know, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, you have insurance, blah, blah, blah. Insurance will pay for it. That That's not the point. Yeah, sure. He can get the 80 grand back from insurance, but his, his insurance rates are probably going to go up, obviously. And it's not like he's got those products to see or to sell to somebody who would want them. Instead, some punk came in and took them from him. So, yeah, he's going to get the money back, but somebody's not going to get to enjoy them. Instead, some punk guy is going to go out there and try and resell these things. Uh, and, you know, hopefully because they're all serial numbered, right? Um, someone will instantly catch this guy and he can pay for his, his crime. I mean, hopefully. I mean, you know, Canada's justice system is a little messed up, but I'm not going to get into that. Instead... Let's get right down to the 25 most interesting facts. Number one is ice is the rarest type. You might think that the rarest Pokemon type would be one that was introduced later, like steel or dark, but it's actually one of the, but it's actually one that's been around from the start. As of Pokemon Sword and Shield, there are only 51 ice type Pokemon. This makes it r the rarest variety. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of ice type Pokemon. Number two, Weedle is the only Pokemon that can't learn normal type moves. Now, this is interesting because I, I swear to God, I thought Weedle could. But everyone, every Pokemon can learn at least one normal type move. That is, every Pokemon except Weedle, who can't learn normal moves by any method. There are no TMs that work on Weedle, and you can only learn Poison Sting, which again is a poison move, String Shot, which is a bug move, and Bug Bite, which is obviously a bug move. Number three. Arbok has six different patterns. The patterns on Arbok's chest vary depending on which region it's from. Six varieties have been confirmed according to the Pokedex, but other varieties have appeared in the Pokemon manga. In the manga, Arbok is capable of changing its pattern at will. That would be kind of cool. To be able to just kind of change your pattern. I mean, I, I wish I could do that in the video games. That would have been really cool. Number four. Which Pokemon have the longest and shortest cries. Each Pokemon has a cry, or a noise it makes when it appears in battle. The longest cry, which goes for 2.238 seconds, belongs to Jinx. The shortest cry, which is only 0.181 seconds, is Pidgey. Oh. Ditto's catch rate is special. That's number 5. Ditto is the only Pokemon with a catch rate of 35. 
However, in Gens 3 and 4, its catch rate changes to match whichever Pokemon it transforms into. Number 6. Coughing and Weezing used to be named after American cities. Now, I didn't know about this one. Uh, in the beta version of Pokemon Red and Blue, Coughing and Weezing were originally named NY and LA, respectively. These names were in references, of course, to New York City and Los Angeles, two large cities that are associated with heavy pollution. Jeez, Japanese, uh, they really did not like the West. Number seven, Zapdos and Jolteon have nearly the same Japanese name. If you're a Western fan, you may not have realized that Zapdos and Jolteon have basically the same Japanese name. In Japan, Zapdos goes by... I, I'm not even going to attempt to say that. I mean, it's, it looks like just scribbles to me, but it means thunder. While Jolteon is called Thunders. With an S. Number eight. Female Azrael used to evolve into a male Meryl. <laughs> uh, okay, sure. You would think that if a Pokemon started out as a female, it would stay that way when it evolved. Oh, geez. Okay, we're getting into some uh, interesting LGBTQT. Oh, God, I can't remember the rest. Q2? I'm sorry if I messed that up. I have nothing against that community. I mean, I have tons of friends in that community. And I mean, I just, I can't remember all the acronyms off the top of my head. Um, it would stay that way when it evolved. Prior to Pokemon X and Y, that wasn't always the case for Azrael. Due to coding mechanics, one out of every three female Azrael would evolve into a male Meryl. Because 75% of Azrael are female, but only 50% of Meryl are. Gender isn't connected to evolution, but to personality value. Number nine is Electros and its pre-evolutions have no type weakness. Electros and its pre-evolutions have no type strengths or weaknesses. Electro-type Pokemon can exclu are exclusively weak against ground-type Pokemon. However, Electros' special ability, Levitate, makes it immune to ground-type moves. This overrides its natural weakness, leaving it with none. Number 10. Machamp isn't wearing underwear. Now, that's... I, I always thought he was wearing clothing. Apparently not. Machamp looks like he's wearing briefs, but actually those black markings are just part of its skin. Pretty convenient that it evolved to look appropriate by human standards. The belt it wears, however, is an actual belt. According to lore from the official Pokemon website, the Power Belt is meant to hold back its energy. Guess that makes Machamp's belt kind of like Kenpachi's eye patch. I don't know what that meaning means. Um, but you know what? I wonder what would happen if he took the Power Belt off. What kind of power would Machamp actually have? I, I would almost be wanting to see that. Would he be as strong as a, a Legendary? Who knows? Number 11, Crab Crabominal has the longest English name. <laughs> okay. You may have realized that Crabominal has a long name just by reading it, but you may not have known that it is the longest English name of any Pokemon. Now you do. Number 12, Cleffa has the shortest Japanese Pokemon name. The name Cleffa doesn't exactly look short, but its Japanese name is the shortest of them all. Its Japanese name is P.Y. Pi? 13. Heatran is the only legendary Pokemon with a 50-50 gender ratio. 
Most legendary Pokemon either have no gender or are always male or always female. Heatran is a notable exception. It has a 50-50 chance of being either male or female, but despite an even ratio, Heatran still can't breed. Poor guy or girl. 14. It is technically possible to get two Spinda with the same pattern. Spinda's Pokedex entry claims that Spinda has a completely unique spot pattern. However, its pattern is determined by its personality value which is a 32-bit number. <laughs> the odds of finding a Spinda with any particular pattern are 1 in woo, 4,294,967,295. Dang, these are extremely long odds. No kidding, but not completely impossible ones. I mean, it damn near might as well be impossible. Number 15, Smeagol can't use Sketch to copy Chatter. Smeagol's signature move, Sketch, is supposed to be able to copy any other move in the Pokemon world, but there is a notable exception. Chatot's signature move, Chatter, the reason, ha the reason has never been clarified, but it might have to do with the fact that Gen 4 and Gen 5 players could use the move. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. To record a personalized cry for Chatot. Smeargle doesn't have the program programming to do this, but even when the functionality was removed from the games, Smeargle still could not learn Chatter. Smeargle also can't learn Struggle or the Shadow moves from Pokemon XD, likely because these moves can't be learned naturally. Number 16 Wild Mewtwo are programmed to hold the Berserker gene in Gen 2. If you're playing Pokemon Gold, Silver, or Crystal, and you are never going to encounter a Wild Mewtwo. Despite this, Wild Mewtwo is still programmed to hold an item called the Berserker Gene. This item raises the user's attack stats. Uh, really? Um, this item raises the user's attack stats by two stages, while also causing confusion for a staggering 256 turns. Because this item is exclusive to Mewtwo, it can't be obtained in-game. Even if a glitch caused a wild Mewtwo to appear, the Berserker gene disappears as soon as it's used, so it would disappear during the battle. 17. Young couples sometimes train suggestive or romantic Pokemon. Well, of course, I mean, we've seen this all the time in games. In the Pokemon games, there's a trainer class called Young Couple, which consists of a young man and woman who are obviously head over heels for each other. Sometimes they express this through their Pokemon, like the ones who have Volbeat and Illuminous or two love discs. In one particularly suggestive case, this woman has a coister while the, male, while the man has an onyx. 
Wasn't supposed to, or wasn't Pokemon supposed to be for kids? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I guess so. Eighteen. Arcanine is known as the legendary Pokemon. Despite not being a legendary Pokemon itself, Arcanine still bears the title of one as one. It appears. It also appears in the engraving next to the three legendary birds. Yeah. Uh, this is in the. Uh, first movie, I think. Uh, some people think that this means that Arcanine was actually meant to be part of the legendary bird trio, but was eliminated for species consistency. However, this is a fan theory and hasn't been sustained. 19. The most common Pokemon type is water. Well, of course. This number will probably change with whatever gen comes next, but as of Sword and Shield, the most common Pokemon type is water. So far, there are 144 water type Pokemon. Number 20, Meowth is the only Pokemon with more than one regional form. It's cool enough when a Pokemon has one regional form, but Meowth loves, lovers get double trouble with both an elegant Dark-type Alolan and a rowdy Steel-type Galarian form. So far, this is unique to Meowth. 21, Pokemon found in trees at night may be asleep. Gen 2 introduced a time-based system that changed gameplay during daytime and nighttime. When a player used Headbutt on a tree and encountered a Pokemon at night, Pokemon who weren't nocturnal might begin the battle fast asleep. Nocturnal Pokemon might do the same thing during the day. So, for instance, maybe a, a Hoot Hoot. If you encounter a Hoot Hoot during the day, it might be asleep. Versus if it's at night, it might be awake. Number 22. Execute has six different identities. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's six different heads, so why not, right? You may have thought that Execute was a single individual, but each egg actually has its own identity and personality. When it evolves into Executor, it fuses into a single unit. Yeah, but even Executor, or Executor, there's different heads, and I believe each head has its own personality as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Number 23, Sparrow is colorblind. In the real world, birds usually see more colors than humans, not less. Spiro apparently didn't get the message in an early episode of the anime. Spiro's perspective is briefly shown as it tries to attack Ash and Pikachu. First episode, actually. Its vision is black and white. While this doesn't necessarily mean that all Spiros are colorblind, that one definitely was. I always thought that was just uh, for perspective. Like, I mean, obviously perspective, but... Uh, you know, for to add like a thrill to it. Number 24, there are no fighting electric type Pokemon. So far, there have been no examples of electric fighting Pokemon. Maybe there will be someday, but for now, we'll just have to make do with Pikachu wearing boxing gloves. <laughs> and number 25, Ivysaur evolves differently from other second stage grass poison Pokemon. Most second stage grass poison Pokemon evolve using a leaf stone or a sunstone. Ivysaur is the sole exception. It evolves into Venusaur simply by leveling up. Next, we're going to look into uh, a quick story about uh, a store that unfortunately got broken into. So this store in particular is actually in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, which is a few provinces over from me. Uh, but the shelves of Hobbs in southeast Edmonton are lined with items expected for expected of the gaming hobby store, board games, miniatures, and dice. But there's one product you won't find, Pokemon cards. 
The collectibles have proven a magnet for criminals. The store's former location lost close to $16,000 between two break-ins last year alone. Owner Jason Wynn decided the best solution was to stop stocking them. That's unfortunate. You know, to the point where because you've had so many break-ins that you just cut all ties with that hobby. Um, that is really, really unfortunate. If we get robbed again, we won't survive, he said on Monday. Hobby stores across Edmonton have seen a rash of burglaries targeting collectible cards, reaching a point where police recognize the thieves are as a problem. Well, I mean, opposed to what? It's not the store owner's fault that these stores are being broken into. It's clearly the thieves who are breaking the law. So why why even? I mean, I mean that's just lazy on the police department's uh, job there. Um. Brendan Kappel, owner of Star Lotus Games, said the community of specialized small businesses remained in contact and has experienced nearly a dozen break-ins in the last year alone. His store was hit twice around the end of February of 2022. He said, last year and a half has definitely been worse than probably any time in the last decade. Uh, trading card values can widely be based on factors like rarity, artwork, or usefulness in the actual game. A single card can range from a quarter to hundreds of dollars and even into the thousands for some exceptional cases. Capital su suspects that thieves may have stemmed from the exploding popularity of cards through the pandemic. Uh, he goes on to say there were some online personalities through streaming and other stuff that really hyped up Pokemon products, he said. Yeah, I wonder who we're talking about here. Brian Tews owner of Taps Games, said Pokemon cards have been the primary target, with other trading cards like Magic the Gathering being uh, almost a close second. He too as ascribes the rise to a growing awareness of exceptional cases. When you see the YouTube stories and news stories, Magic card sells for 180000 Pokemon card sells for 150000 they don't understand the scarcity of those cards and are that are selling for that price. Taps has lost around $60,000, in merchandise during the two break-ins. Two said he had to haggle for months with insurance companies and is still doing so for the most recent smash and grab in October. He's also revamped his security. Unfortunately, bars on Windows doesn't look the best, but we need to do something to end it. Of course, I mean, you, you got to do what you have to do to protect your store. Individual cards do not have SKU numbers, making it difficult to track even what was stolen. Uh, I mean, yeah, individual cards, good luck. If they're graded, you've got a better chance because they all have a barcode uh, with a number. Uh, Chu said, finding stolen products and the thieves has also proven difficult, he said. Store owners are feeling the impact. None of us are rich. I mean, I didn't drive my Ferrari to work this morning, he, he goes on to say. I drive a minivan like most people. So it hurts a lot more when than hitting a big store. I mean, regardless if you hit a big store or if you hit a mom and pop store, it still affects everyone. Uh, Sergeant Aubrey Zalkalis with the Edmonton Police Services said the issue has been identified as a problem occurrence. You, you don't think. As a result of that, we are trying to do an even deeper dive, he said. Frontline officers have been briefed while the analytics department is considering questions like whether it could be a series of repeat offenders or just one-offs by individuals. He said Edmontonians should report to police if they spot train cars whose origins could be suspicious. The public's vigilance is very, very important to us in trying to be able to find these and solve the cases. Uh, yeah, I mean, going forward, uh, 
like I said earlier, um, when you when you have someone who steals individual cards that aren't graded, you're basically SOL. Um, good luck finding them because uh, I, I mean, unless it's a rare card, um, you know, like a first edition Charizard or whatever, or, you know, the older cards, then you might be able to narrow it down a little bit more. Um, but you know, if you almost, almost in the sense of like bulk, right? Like a standard full art card or an alt art card. Yeah. They're valuable based on the card, but there's hundreds of them, right? You know, you could open a booster box and pull maybe two of them. You never know. Uh, so it's, it's very hard to find individual non-graded cards. But it's a lot easier to find graded cards as soon as they go on the market because, again, they all have serial numbers. Um, and a great way to find out if a card looks suspicious is if someone posts that card on eBay or whatever, but hides the serial number. Um, you know, not only can you not verify that it's a real card and that it was actually graded by that company, but you can't cross-reference that serial number with potentially a list of cards or a list of serial numbers from cards that were stolen. And with that, we say thank you for another week. And uh, actually, you know, even this month, it's it's been a very good month for downloads. I appreciate you all for listening. I know this episode's a little longer than typical, but I mean, thank you so much for sticking around and being a member of this community. Um, like I said, I'll keep a look on, on YouTube to see how the videos are doing. If they do tend to, to come back up, um, more so view time. Uh, I mean, I would much rather have three views on a video, but actually have the person sit down and watch all 10 minutes of it. I mean, it's 10 minutes for crying out loud. If you can't put 10 minutes out of your day. Then again, like, what's the point in me doing that kind of stuff, right? Because, you know, you got to look at it from my standpoint. It's 10 minutes. Well, actually, it's closer to a half hour for a 10-minute video to record. And then there's editing time, publishing time. You know, it, it takes a lot of time. It's not something as simple as just point, click, go. With that being said, thank you again. And I will see you again next week. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.